0: I said, wow, the guys have got to eat. And there's no way we can get our your Bibles out and you can uh, begin to find the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6. We heard and uh, were able to receive a good report that you had a great Sunday last week. Pastor Noah shared. And uh, we heard that was on target and. Uh, produced fruit, and so we appreciate him doing that and all that takes place when we're away. It's a nice feeling for pastor to be able to slip out of town, whether it's on vacation. This particular instance, uh, Trace and I uh, were able to slip away and go to a church in the upstate of South Carolina that was named Legacy as well, Legacy Outreach Center. And uh, we thought we were just being so unique years ago now when we uh, called Our local church here, Legacy, we just didn't think that anyone would have considered a name like that. Well, how wrong I am. Um, There are legacies literally all over the nation and one in the upstate. And this pastor, I happen to know, we'd crossed paths on numerous occasions, didn't know him well, but knew of him. And it just so happened that he had given me an invitation to come up and be with them. And so we did and we had a, a great weekend. We ministered last Sunday morning. Sunday evening, Monday evening, and Tuesday evening, and I'm not used to that. I mean, when you, when you get handed the service and then you're on for about two hours and you teach or preach for about an hour and then you prophesy over people for at least an hour, uh, that'll wear you out. So I'm still half shaking it off this morning um, as we get back to you. I told the folks that were here Wednesday, though, there's no place like home. I mean, as much as it's nice to maybe slip out of town every now and then and interact with folk, I always love getting back here in Charleston with my legacy. I mean, it's great to be with that legacy. And, and I'll tell you one of the neat things is, is that I could, I could slip and call them legacy and I'd still be okay. That was really kind of neat. So if I had one of those older moments, I'd like I got by with it. So that was a nice thing. Some of you may recall at the beginning of this year, 2008, I taught on, at least what was some what revelation to me, uh, concerning the imagination. Trace and I came back as you'll recall from that pastor's retreat at the beginning of this year and we shared with you some things that uh, Jim Hockaday had stirred up in our spirit and I began to just instruct you on on the imagination and what God does in the imagination and as you'll recall I just want you to sort of stir your mind and Spirit and remembrance again. You know, the Bible says that the Spirit of God will come and stir into remembrance those things that were spoken of by the apostles and the prophets. So, Holy Spirit, stir your people's minds again under those things that were taught them earlier this year. Some of you may recall when I taught on the imagination, I, I told you that I believe the imagination is really God's portal or it is His doorway to the supernatural. If you want to know in your own personal life how you begin to access miraculous, supernatural things, you're going to have to get a hold of what goes on in the imagination. Now, I can't go through all, it was about four or five weeks. We have created now, in fact, since I came back from this last weekend, all I taught them up there at that legacy was on the imagination. And so I'm going to create that into a CD series, so if you didn't get to hear about the imagination, I, I feel like it's so vitally important. For you as an individual, for us as a church and where we're at right now, that we get a handle on what God does and how he wants to work in our imagination. Your imagination is the birthplace of the supernatural. It is the birthplace for miraculous activity that will come to pass in your life. And I promised you here later in the year, when I came back from Bethany and Dr. Cho taught on the fourth dimension, I promised you after we got through some things, we had to continue and we had to touch base on that I would come back to this because it is such a vitally important thing in a Christian's life. It's very similar. His fourth dimension is very similar to what I have called the imagination. A Christian lives in two worlds. You know that, don't you? That if you are a Christian here this morning... You live in two worlds very simply you live in a natural world which you spend the vast vast majority of your time in But you're also called and you're also given an ability through him to live in the spiritual realm as well The bible says that you and I have been seated with christ in heavenly places right now So do you realize right now Though you're looking at me standing here on a very natural platform With our natural eyes hearing with your natural ears That at this very moment, so many natural things are taking place, that at the self-same moment, I and you are seated with him in heavenly places in the spirit realm. Are you with me? The problem is, is that most of us have experienced far more at the natural level than we do at the spiritual level, and... Most of the time, our senses are so empowered to keep us in the natural realm that it's very difficult for us to step over into the spiritual realm. Now, we have learned how, and it may look inept at times, we've learned how to navigate the natural realm. Most people are functional enough in this room this morning that you get up in the morning, you eat, you get your clothes on, probably take a shower first, maybe get your clothes on, jump in the car go to work you do all that you do at work you come home you go to bed everything you do in life you access naturally and you access by the use of your senses can you imagine in fact oftentimes some of you know people that may be blind and how amazing it is that they can even navigate life without eyes i i I don't know how how easy that is but i know if i didn't have my eyes it would be much more difficult if we didn't have touch and taste, if we didn't have our hearing and smelling, all of our senses get us through the natural realm. And it serves us all well as we do what we have to do on this earth. However, if you want God to begin to do something in your life, if you want to begin to access some supernatural ability, let's just make it real practical. Let's just say you need a healing to take place in your life. Let's just say you're tired Of fighting and and struggling with a certain bondage or addiction. Or that there's areas of your life that are just a constant struggle, a thought pattern, a habit. What about resources? Maybe some of you are looking at the end of the year and the resources didn't come like you had hoped they would come. And you're looking at bills that need to be paid. Hey, let's just get real practical here. You need God to somehow get involved in some area of your life. Is there anyone here that would like God involved in some areas like that? I mean, hey, look at me. Yeah, I've got my hand up. You cannot get God involved in these natural areas by doing natural things. You cannot access supernatural ability. You cannot subdue your circumstances. You know, the Bible says that we were called to exercise dominion and to subdue. What that means is, is that there comes a moment when I am to exercise dominion over my bills, which means my bills are paid for and I have a little extra to put in the bank. That's what dominion means. Dominion means I'm feeling sick and God wants me, his heart's desire is that I be well, so I've got to exercise dominion over this sickness or this disease however it is the devil has come after you, you've got to realize that something needs to happen in your life that causes you to arise and subdue your circumstances, exercise dominion over the difficulty, and you need to understand that what you do in the natural alone is not what accesses that help in that realm. You have got to jump into what dr. Cho taught us was the fourth dimension we could call that the spiritual realm but it starts with understanding how God's working in your imagination and if you can begin to grab a hold of what this is you can literally hear me now you can literally begin to manage supernaturally life now we have so lost this in the church Now, you're saying, have you got there, pastor? No. As I often said, I may not be there, but I'm a pursuer. I'm not expecting you to be there, but the thing I believe God is expecting of us is to be a pursuer. Are you pursuing what is available? If you can grab a hold of this, you can begin to manage life at a supernatural level. Now, if you've found the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter six, I want to talk to you this morning On kind of a funny little phrase that may sound a little odd at first, but just bear with me. How many of you know pastor may start out odd and off somewhere in the far distance, but he will bring it back right down the center aisle. I want to talk about incubating. The incubation of imagination. I'm going to talk about this. May not make sense right now. It will. Don't get thrown by the word. It'll make sense in just a minute. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11. Let's start up there. It says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. And again, if you've not heard the imagination series, I'm going to give Tyler the instruction to get that series pulled together for you folks. Because in one of those lessons, I talk about how hope really is imagination. Isn't that true? I mean, if you have a hope for something, what that means is, is that if you're hoping for better days... If you're hoping for a better marriage, if you're hoping for a better family life, if you're hoping for better finances, whatever you're hoping for, something happened inside of you that gave you a little bit of a picture of what that may be. So the desire is that each one of you show some diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience, everyone say patience. Patience. Inherit the promises. Now, hear me now. Faith is important, but what else does he say is important? So, faith will get you to a promise, but so must patience. Faith and patience. Verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, there he is again, Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he, meaning Abraham, had patiently endured, there it is again, he obtained the promise. He obtained the promise. Incubation of imagination. I read through the scriptures, and all through the scriptures, I find the patriarch Abraham constantly coming up before me. If you'll look back, and I don't have time to read it to you again, but if you'll look back to the book of Genesis, Genesis Chapters 13, really, through 18 is the story of Abraham. But right there in the middle, about Genesis chapter 15, we find Abraham being brought out of a tent. God's been speaking to him about a promise that he wants to bring to pass in Abraham's life. He wants to make Abraham the father of many nations. Abraham, to be candid with you, even though he's hearing the voice of God, isn't really buying it. The reason he's not buying it is because God's telling him that it won't come through the children that you may have already had, but he will come through a child that is yet to come forth. And so Abraham's not buying it because Abraham's this old man and Sarah's this old lady. And if you looked at their bodies biologically, the baby clock had stopped. And so God literally takes Abraham, brings him out of the tent, the Bible says. And can I just share That is such a great passage there he says he came out of his tent every now and then you got to step out of your tent you got to step out of your circumstance you got to step out of the the environment of those voices that are constantly telling you it won't it can't no way no how you've got to get out of your tent and when you get out of your tent God will point you to a sky and say count the stars and and I'm just told that the human eye could only count several thousand stars at best And Abraham, maybe he started counting those stars in the sky, but eventually he got to the place where he could count no more. There were just too many stars to count. And God says, so shall your descendants be through this one that hasn't even come forth yet. And Abraham, like many of us, I suspect, would have laughed because his body was dead. But yet God pointed him to this night sky in order that he could get a picture He could get something into his imagination. And the Bible tells us that he would go on to cut covenant with the Lord. And he would go on to nail some things down. And and he got this promise into his system. He got this promise into his imagination. And listen to me. Just getting this promise into his imagination literally changed his body and his wife's body. Isn't that true? He got that imagination of of an he got an imagination of a of a people and it began to change bring life to his body even biologically if you could just get your imagination right it would bring life to your body it brought life to his wife's body in fact it brought so much life to them later on some of you may remember the story king abimelech actually tries to talk abraham out of sarah so Sarah would become one of his concubines now get this she was 90 years old and he wanted her for one of his concubines that imagination sure enough did some work on Sarah yeah extreme makeover that's exactly right that's the power though of the fourth dimension that's the power of imagination You can begin to exercise dominion over things as the word promises. They got it in their imagination. I'm lingering here because you got to get this in your spirit. They got this in their imagination and it literally changed their circumstances. It changed the way people viewed them. It changed everything about them. Listen, Legacy, we're going to have to subdue some things in the near future. You and I are going to have to subdue the economic situation. If you keep listening to the cable news networks and the mainstream media and you listen to all their prognostication as to what's going to happen in our economy, we're in trouble. Because you access that and all you've got is the natural. But you begin to get some things in your imagination and you begin to see some things in your imagination, you can literally subdue Wall Street. Yes, you can. You and I, in the day we're living in, I believe this. I don't believe it's going to happen overnight, but I believe we're headed that direction. That you and I, because of the atmosphere we're living in, are going to have to learn how to subdue moral crisis. We're going to have to subdue what other people subject themselves to. We're going to have to have an imagination for stability, an imagination for quality marriage, an imagination for for a stable household, an imagination. We're going to have to we're going to have to get some things in our imagination just to stay stable in the environment that America's fixing to go through. If we don't, we will become as they are. We will become nothing more than mere men and mere women, no better than the world. And so we can plaster once again our bumper stickers that say, we're not perfect, just forgiven, and we'll look just like them. We've got to get some things in our imagination and understand what happens when they get there. Sometimes I don't think we're always short on dreamers, we're just short on those who keep their dream. So I want to talk about the concept of incubation, incubation, excuse me, incubation. Now, whenever I hear the word incubate, I remember back to when I was, you know, in, in, in elementary school, maybe secondary school, high school. I remember usually in science class, they would bring in that thing that looked like, you know, one of those movie popcorn poppers and they'd stick some eggs underneath the hot lights. You remember this? How many of you all remember when they brought in the incubation stuff? You remember that? They put some eggs under there. They put the eggs under the hot lights, and they just leave it set under those hot lights, and uh, it would incubate. And this incubation thing—what is that, Michelle? Here, what do they call that thing? An incubator. That's the technical name for it. Incubator. Thank you. See so if it if. If it was in Greek, I'd know that, but since it was English, I don't know that. So they're in this incubator. And this incubator, I guess you could call it a safe place, a controlled environment. It's, it's sort of an artificial, nurturing atmosphere where that which is forming can come to full term and be born. And one of the things, if you can recall, if this ever happened in your science class, those eggs would go in the incubator and they would incubate until finally you came one morning to school and you'd see that chick beginning to poke its beak out one of those eggs and everybody would gather around. And it was a remarkable thing for young children to see the, the birth process take place in, in a chick or a hatchling. Now, hear me, once you get a promise and you get it into your imagination it doesn't mean necessarily that you automatically get it. Our text said that Abraham had to patiently endure. Patiently endure. Now, I'm not going to be indelicate, but I am going to kind of go down this road of of conceiving because to get a promise is a lot like giving birth to something. The conceiving part, for all you adults who are married, is fun. why do you think God gave sex? I mean, sex is fun. I I mean, it's fun. Conceiving is fun. Conceiving the baby for most folks, and I understand there are people that have struggles in this area, but conceiving for the vast majority of the population is easy. It's the fun part, the tough part, and all you ladies, get ready to say amen. It's that incubating part that takes place in that time period That that baby, that promise is in your womb. Mary, the mother of Jesus, I think is the prototype. She listened to the angel speak the promise of the Messiah and the miraculous conception that would take place within her womb. She had to say, let it be done unto me according to your word. So that was the moment, I believe, when she spoke that let it be unto me, that was the moment something called the Messiah was conceived inside of her. However, she had to let that seed of promise, is it not true? Incubate, even the Messiah had to incubate inside of her. People have called this, spiritually speaking at times, letting it bake in your spirit. Some people have called it building things in your spirit. I think the point is the same, that when a promise of God is given to us, we get it in our imagination. It must begin to take form in your spirit. Before it will be birthed or before it will come forth, that that promise in your imagination has to have an internal environment that allows it to incubate so it can come forth as it was intended to. Now, I started to look at people. I just started to think about people in the Bible who did great things. I started to look at people who saw their promise come to pass. And without exception, there was a season of incubation. David, as you'll recall, got a word from the prophet Samuel and he received a word and an anointing to be king over all of Israel but how many of you know the moment that Samuel laid hands on him and gave him that personal prophecy David had to turn around and go back to the sheep field and there he began to incubate in his spirit the word that was just spoken over him then it didn't stop there After uh, several challenges to all of this, he finds himself in the caves of Adullam, and there again, as he's sitting in the caves of Adullam, it has to begin to incubate in his spirit. Joseph got a word from the Lord, a vision that talked about how he would be a ruler and how his family would bow to him, and, and, and so he had this incredible vision that got into his spirit. But he was sold into slavery. He had to serve in Potiphar's house. He got thrown into prison. And all of these injustices were taking place. But in the midst of that unfairness and injustice. There was something incubating in his spirit. Are you with me? Moses had to incubate some things. I mean God called him. Out of a burning bush. And yet yet Moses had to spend time in the desert. And, 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 and the The promise of being a deliverer had to incubate inside of him before it could manifest and be birthed. And the list is endless, folks, of everyone, everyone that God gives a promise to. There is this season that despite the circumstances, despite whatever it is you're going through, despite the natural trials and troubles and tribulations, despite everything that's going on around you, You've got this thing inside of you that's incubating. You're not letting it go. You're incubating this thing inside of you. It's baking you in baking inside of you there. And, and you've got to tend to it until God finally brings it forth. And can I share this with you? I believe that the greater the promise, the greater the incubation period. You understand an elephant it has like a two-year gestation period. You know, a human being has a nine-month gestation period. I think rabbits have about a two-week gestation period or something like that. I don't know. I know. That's probably not true. They sure seem to show up a lot. But. but everyone has to patiently endure as the promise inside of you turns from conception to baby. Now, what's involved in this? Because this is, this is going to be the key to whether or not you see God move in your life. I'm I'm going to help you. Well, I shouldn't say the key. It's one of the keys on the key ring. I'm going to help you understand what's involved in this incubation. Pregnancy in the natural is a relatively common or normal happening for many women, and what I mean is there is a level of knowledge that exists that is easy uh, to access to help you through the process of being pregnant. I mean, the the ladies that get pregnant, uh, most of them either have a network of friends or they go to the doctor or they do certain things. So they understand what it is they're supposed to be doing as as their baby is forming and, and literally in their womb incubating to come to the place of birth. You find out what you're to eat. You find out what you should do or not do. Can I pick this up? Can I not pick this up? How long can I stand on my feet? When should I sit down? How much sleep do I need? Do I get prenatal vitamins? How many checkups do I come for? Do I get a sonogram? All these things women begin to work through because they know that's a part of this incubation process that goes on inside of them now if it is so in the natural then let's talk about the spiritual here for just a moment how do you begin to incubate this promise that's inside of you because some of you have a promise here today i can assure you that god is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness i can tell you that all the promises of god are yes and amen god has something for you You are not the exception. He has not left you out. He is no respecter of people, no respecter of persons. God has a promise for everyone that is living and breathing and walking on the earth today. But why is it some of us get it and some of us don't? It's because some of us don't know how to handle this incubation. So let me give you just a couple things I think that will help you. Number one, this is spiritually. Number one, you must have a clear-cut picture in your spirit. A clear-cut picture in your spirit when you begin to access the supernatural and the promises of God you cannot be vague you need a clear picture of what it is that God has promised in your spirit now it's amazing as I began to just study on this and meditate in this area and read God's Word it's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit begins to bring to remembrance things that take place in your life that you sort of just, you know, roll off as coincidence when, in fact, it was the Holy Spirit who was trying to teach you some things. You know what really is interesting to me? For most of us, we get most of our miracles when we're children or when we're first born again. And the reason being is is that our mind hasn't formed enough power to stop us out of simple faith. Most of us get talked out of the miraculous because we grow up. It doesn't make sense anymore. People make fun of us. Or we get into religion. Or any one of a number of things begin to take place that begin to circumvent or short-circuit things that the Holy Spirit himself begins to teach, just teach us when we were children. Let me tell you just a story. I believe it was God trying to teach me things even early in my life. I can remember being in grade school in the fifth grade. And of course, you've heard all the stories. For all my life, I went back and forth to western Kansas in order to be on the farm and visit grandparents, aunts and uncles and cousins. And whenever I went to the farm, all of my cousins had all the updated, um, you know, ATVs, motorcycles you know when you're on a farm you're driving by the time you're six you know I mean you they just they throw you on a tractor at six years old you know you aren't hardly bottle weaned you know and you're you're that's just how it works on a farm and so whenever I'd go to the farm it was really cool because my my granddad would set me on his lap and he'd take me in the field and I'd get to drive the pickup around or he'd put me on a tractor and I'd get to drive the tractor around but about the fifth grade all my cousins started getting motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles and man that was cool course I lived in the city and you can't have a mini I know some people have a mini bike in the city there's some kids in my neighborhood that have a mini bike that that I'd like to take away from them right now but 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 there's no because there's nowhere to ride it in the city unless you're just riding it around the street and how many of you know that's illegal okay so so um you know I, I just I got my first taste of a motorcycle and man that motorcycle got in my spirit Any of you just had anything growing up, you just wanted really, really bad? I can remember, I walked home from school, and I can remember that whole year, I can remember getting out of school, and it it was about a half mile, maybe three quarters of a mile walk to get back to my house, and every time I left that elementary school, I can remember it right now like it was yesterday, I can remember I had to walk over this little mound of dirt. And and make my way home and the whole time in my little fifth grade mind I was going, Boy, I hope Dad went and got me a, a mini bike today. Maybe he got me a Honda fifty. You know those little Honda fifties? Or or maybe man well maybe he just went hog wild and got me a Honda seventy. And, and I remember every day, I'm not joking, you think you're just making this up, no I'm not, I mean I would go every day, and I would always go through the garage to get into the house, because I'd so, I'd just be so, just believing, just in fifth grade terms, but every time I would go in there, there would be no minibike, there would be no Honda 50, there'd be no Honda 70. And I'm telling you, every day that happened, every day, every day, every day. It took place. i tell you what was worse is when it was your birthday. That was even worse. Because I'd come out of school and it was my birthday that day. And I'd go, oh, my birthday. Surely on my birthday, he would have that mini back and on and on and on. It would go. And, and folks, I'm just going to share this with you for years. Now, I can't say it was every day all the time. But I can tell you probably that first year, it might have been every day. But through the years, it would be a constant thing in my imagination, in my imagination. And five years later, when I was in the tenth grade, finally my dad said, "I think I think you can handle a motorcycle," and I got me a Honda 100. Woo! Better than what I'd imagined for. But there was something that the. Holy Spirit brought back to me. And and, and the Holy Spirit, it it was as if he was saying, do you remember how that was just captured in your imagination? How you wouldn't let it go? How you just desperately, desperately, desperately wanted that, that motorcycle and how you had pictures of it in your mind and you put pictures of it on your wall and it was just this relentless, relentless thing. And do you think it was just coincidence that five years later it came to pass? Well, Before this, I would have said, well, yeah, I probably bugged my dad so much he just relented. But truth of the matter is, that's just a good picture of practically how imagination can begin to work. Let me give you another one, a little bit more spiritual. I couldn't have been saved a few months. And God called me to the ministry. I've told that story before. I'd started in the fall beginning to train for the work of the ministry by going to college. And uh, as the year turned, there was a week I didn't know this, but there was a week out of every year on our college campus that they would dedicate, they called it Spiritual Deepening Week, and they would allow seniors to speak, senior religion majors that were training for the ministry, they would allow seniors to speak all week long in chapel to the, uh, to the student body. And, and that was uh, a high honor, a high honor to be able to do that at our college. And I can remember, because I, I, I didn't have the, uh, that great of a freshman year. Just to let you know, my first semester at college, my freshman year, I blazed out with a 1.59 grade average. I want you to know, man, I bla- it was It was all I could do to dig myself out of that hole and, and get back on track. Praise God, I did, but it was hard. By this time, I was serious. And I got to spiritual deepening week, I was sitting out there at the chapel service I was watching one of the seniors, now that time I was still a, a, a freshman because I hadn't got enough credits to go over into the sophomore year yet, so I'm watching this senior, and, and it was an incredible thing, just a gifted young speaker, incredible service, I remember getting up, I was walking out with a couple of my buddies, and as we're walking out, I remember saying, I'm going to do that, and they both looked at me and went, <laughs> Yeah right. Yeah, sure you are, because you know they already knew how I had blazed out. You know that first semester or two, and then I said no. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, and they looked at me and they said you'll never do that. I mean, all those guys are connected. Their parents are a part of the church. Your parents aren't even saved. I mean, they're just you know, and they just were going on and on, discouraging me in every way, shape, or form. But I remember there was something in me at that moment. I had seen a picture. And that God had put something into my spirit and into my imagination to where I began to think about what would you do if you got to stand on that thing? What would you do if you really got that kind of opportunity? What would you do? And that thing just kind of stayed in my spirit. Now I didn't sit there and run around and tell everybody or, or, or have to network the system or manipulate the system. It just, it just was in my spirit and it just stayed there in my spirit. And I'm Here to tell you that three years later when I was a junior, now they usually reserve this for seniors, but they let me do it as a junior. I got to do that as a junior and they let me do it as a senior too. I got to do it twice. That was a big deal. Now all of this I'm just sharing with you. This is the practical way your imagination begins to work and whether or not you will keep it in your spirit longer than 24 hours. Nobody had taught me this in those days, but God was trying to teach me this in those days. My problem was, as it is with most of us, we let people, our friends, our our, our professors, our religion, our denomination, our pride, our intellectualism, we let these things begin to snuff out what it is God could do in our life. Remember listening to Dr. Cho and as he was sharing He he shared an experience when he cried before the Lord and he said, why is it, Lord, that I pray for things and they never come to pass? He said, why, why is it that I pray for things and you never bring them to pass in my life? And the Holy Spirit said to him, the Spirit said, my children beg and they plead, but they ask in vague ways. Faith is the substance of clear-cut things hoped for. Clear-cut things. We, we come to Lord and say, well, Lord, I need a healing. Well, what do you need healed? Well, you need to start saying, Lord, I need this bone in this wrist right here. I need this healed. And you need to begin to envision that working properly. You don't need to envision. I'm talking to some of you single ladies right now. Just don't say, I'm praying for a husband. What kind of husband do you want? God, a husband may show up. And God will be faithful to your prayer. But why don't you throw in, like, godly? And how about throw like he'll get up and go to church? How about like he's got a job? Are you hearing me? He loves the Lord as a provider. I, I mean, there's some people that say, Well, Lord, I need a car. Well, what kind of car do you need? God'll give you a car, you know, that you'll need to kick and slap. And... Come on, how about Lord? I need a car that's safe transportation. That can get me from point A to point B. I'd really like to go on the road every now and then visit my family. That's about 300 miles away. So it's got to be able to run well that way. Like some good tires on that thing too. So I don't have to buy tires right away. Some of you praise God that you get a car. And then the thing's sucking you dry. And I oftentimes wonder is that God? Come on now we got to be clear cut. Clear cut. I want one that gets good gas mileage. Lord I'm believing for a car where the heater works. Amen. The AC unit works in it, praise God. A clear-cut picture. Everyone say, clear-cut. Yeah. Come on now, clear-cut. Yeah. You got to start envisioning some things for your life that's clear-cut. Number two, I got to hurry. You got to get a burning desire for that objective. Truth of the matter is, as I started to think back, I had a burning desire for that motorcycle i mean to tell you that thing was in my spirit i mean isn't that true there's some things we just get a burning desire for i had a burning desire for that opportunity on that college campus it says here proverbs 10 verse 24 it says this it says the fear of the wicked will come upon him and the desire everybody say desire the desire of the righteous will be what Psalm 37.4 is the one that talks about that, uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. He'll give you the desires, the desires. Many people pray casually. You don't have any passion. Before you even get up off your knees, you've forgotten what you prayed about. you got to get a burning desire for that objective. Caleb, I think of Caleb who was a part of the generation of israelites that did not get into the promised land despite being one of the people that gave a great report and so here he is at 80 years of age and joshua's on the scene a new generation has arose it's been 40 years since that initial reversal that took place in the people of israel but after 40 years caleb must have had a burning desire He must have, because when Joshua interacts with Caleb, he still has the ability to look out at that mountain in the distance and say, give me that mountain. He had set up his tent in such a position that he could just walk out of his tent every morning and he could see that mountain out in the distance and keep saying, give me that mountain. Forty years later, he was still saying, give me that mountain. Is there a desire in you? For the thing that God has put within your imagination. Number three. You got to get an assurance of that promise. Once you have a vision and once you have a desire. You must pray until you receive assurance. That's what the word in Hebrews 11.1 substance means. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It literally means assurance. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the confidence of things that you've imagined. Sometimes you can pray and you get something in your spirit, it only takes two minutes to get that confidence. Sometimes it'll take you two weeks. Sometimes it'll take two months. Sometimes it'll take two years. But this is what the old timers used to call praying through. Amen. Isn't that right, Miss Louise? You've heard about praying through, haven't you? Everybody want to know what praying through means? Praying through means when you pray and you pray until you get it in here you've done prayed through you have prayed to the place where you know that you know that you know we in america are so impatient and so we rush we hurry we don't want to wait upon the lord you know why the bible says wait upon the lord it's not because we lack faith we have faith he's just saying you got to get assurance in this thing and you got to understand that you can't get the big thing until you're faithful in the small things I mean, we got to start believing God for some everyday, ordinary stuff, and when we can begin to get that, to whom, you know, is given lesser and is faithful with it, we'll be given that which is greater. So before we can start getting in our spirit millions and millions of dollars, some of you need to believe for a $10 an hour job. That's where it starts. You need to begin to believe that before, because I've heard this for years, people, oh, I'm supposed to be a giver in the kingdom. I'm going to be a giver in the kingdom. Millions are going to go through my hand. Well, we can't can't get 10 bucks out of your hand right now. And you're going to give millions. Come on, they're just zeros. Before Cho, listen to this. This is what Cho said that really impressed me. He said before, there's 850,000 people that have related to his church, largest church in the world tens of thousands of people worshiping on sunday he said long before we got to this place he said i had to believe god for a thousand he said i I, I, that's all where that's where my that's where i was i had to envision a thousand you just can't say hundreds of thousands and that's fantasy folks that's not that's not baking something in your spirit you're out in a dream you really are in dreamland candy land shoots and ladders You've got to begin, you've got to begin to get an assurance. Because if we can't get an assurance that God can do some of the smaller stuff, then we sure enough have no business going on to something else. He said he started to get assurance for a 1,000. Then God gave him assurance for 2,000. Then God gave him assurance for 5,000. And he said, then I began to ask God for, for seeing about 500 a week. And God began to give him that. And he said, it started by getting the assurance of your promise. And hear me again. If we have an invitation or you begin to say, you know, there's some things I need to get in my spirit, it just doesn't happen. Here at an altar, you got to go home on your knees and you pray until you pray through. Pray through. If, you're, if you come up and you say, well, I just don't know, then you haven't prayed through yet. If you say, well, I hope so, then you haven't prayed through yet. I mean, if you were to stand up today and raise your hand and say, I know if I were to die tonight, I would go to heaven. I know that I know that I know. How many of you know? That's a, that's a good testimony right there. The reason you can stand up, if you have to stand up and say, well, I hope I go to heaven, then you know what? You're probably You have not got the assurance of salvation yet, and you need to pray until you pray through. But if you know that you know that you know there was some time in your life that you got before the Lord and you sought him, you, 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 you cast your sins upon him. He threw his righteousness upon you. This transaction took place and all of a sudden you knew. I can declare this morning that if I walk out of here and God forbid something were to happen to me, I know where I'm going. I know. It's not arrogance. I know. And it's time we started knowing some other things. We started knowing what God's giving us dominion over. Knowing, knowing that we can prevail, knowing that we can triumph, knowing, knowing. But we got to pray till we have assurance of that promise. Number four, you've got to show evidence of your faith. This is the last one, show evidence of your faith. The scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You evidence your faith by how you speak by how you act and by what you think now christians as a whole because i know we have just not been taught right through the years so we're going to try to fix that but christians by and large tend to be beggars we come before the lord and we say please god would you could you maybe please do you understand a could you, would you, maybe, please is a no assurance? Because if we know what God's will is, if we know that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Can I just share this with you? If it is God's will, I'll, just, I'll be blunt. God's will is to build great churches because he's bringing in the harvest. So, so I, if someone came up to me and said, are you sure it's God's will to build churches? I'd say, absolutely it's God's will. Absolutely. Absolutely it's God's will. But we tend to be beggars. We don't have assurance. We, we, we aren't getting a hold of what the heart of God is. You need to begin to confidently speak his promise. The Bible, you know what's unique? The Bible's unique on several levels. But the Bible is most unique is because it is the only book that is fourth-dimensional. I mean, you can pick up Shakespeare, you can pick up the Quran, you can pick up You know, whatever it is that Hindus, Confucius read out of. I mean, you can pick up all the different religious writings in the world. But this book, the scriptures, are the only fourth dimensional words you will find. It is the only book that when you quote it, activates another realm. So when you begin to quote out of this book, something happens in that next realm that begins to put things in motion. So whenever we're beginning to... To see what it is that God has for us and whenever it is that we get this in our spirit and as this is incubating It's not just a matter of 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 praying and and praying through important. It's not just a matter of of tending to it Well, although that's important. It's a matter of getting that verse It's a matter of getting what we call rhema rhema is is the word in the greek, which means the thing that is spoken You got to get a rhema in your spirit, you got to get that verse where it's as if God lifted that verse off the page just for you. And he puts it in your spirit. And he says, there you go. You've got, you've got my door. You've got my key. You've got my access into that realm right now. Because I've given you that scripture that will begin to let you get into the promise that's already stirring in your imagination. You see, you can't believe God for something and then begin to speak lack. Or, or speak the opposite of what it is that he says he wants to do. You, you, can't, you can't have God put this in you and then all of a sudden turn and say, well, I'm going to act completely different. You can't get supernatural activity going in your life if you refuse to break out of three-dimensional living. So if you need healing... I remember, those that were there with me will remember this as well. If you need healing, I remember Dr. Cho saying that there would be times he would be laying on his back, and he'd say, I was sick. There's no doubt I was sick. But I would speak a thousand times. By his stripes, I am healed. One. By his stripes, I am healed. Two. By his stripes, I am healed. Three. He just got the word of God. In his mouth. And what happens? How do you change a thought? You change it by what? Your words. So you begin to speak that fourth dimensional word. That comes out of the scripture. And you speak it and speak it and speak it. And what happens? You begin to change what's going on in your mind. And instead of your mind being seized by sickness. Your mind begins to be released into your imagination. To begin to see yourself whole again. Whole. You need finances you got to understand you you got to speak you got to speak resource you got to speak open heaven you've also got to be obedient in this thing as well there are people that want finances to come into their life but folks if we aren't if we aren't obediently getting god the first tenth and if we aren't practicing seed and sowing and all these sorts of things if we're not being obedient to what we know to do then we're acting in contrary to what it is that god has said i believe that god is going to release the wealth of the wicked to the righteous i believe this could be a great transferring time of wealth do you hear me i mean all of a sudden right now wall street is shaking i there's there's it's a great season for this wealth transfer to begin to take place but our problem is we speak lack We don't practice what we know to do. We walk in disobedience to his precepts, which is the fourth dimensional book. And then we wonder how come it ain't coming to us. We have big dreams about millions, but you won't get your millions unless you begin to what I said here, show evidence of your faith. God's looking for you. We always say, well, if God would do this, I'd do that. Have you heard people say this before? Well, if God give me a million dollars, yeah, I'd tithe on it. That's not how it works. We aren't, you see, we aren't in control. We don't look at God and say, if you do, then I'll do. Uh Uh-uh. It's God who looks at you and says, if you do, then I'll do. Are you with me? He did not have to walk in faith. He did not have to do anything. And and so we've got to demonstrate or evidence our faith. In fact, this is what I believe. Hear me, this is good news. I'm going to give you some good news. Nobody here needs more faith. Do you understand that Jesus said, if you had but the faith? You don't need, you don't need a pumpkin seed. That mustard seed is all you need. But, but despite that being in you, that mustard seed will do you no good unless you act on that mustard seed. See, that's all you need. That's all the faith you need inside of you is right there. That's all you need. But that's more than enough if you act on it. Believing, I have found that believing is really choosing. We think believing, watch this, we think believing is this. Oh, boy, I really believe there. That's what most of us think believing is. Oh, I, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's what we think. Believing is not that. Faith, faith is just, here's what believing is. Believing is when, let's say, I'm just using finance again, just, I could use a hundred other things, but you you just, you can pull out, you pull out the checkbook, you take out the wallet. I'll tell you what believing is. Believing is when it's your last 10 bucks and say, God, this couldn't be my harvest because it ain't enough. So it must be my seed. There you go. That's when you've exercised faith. Isn't it interesting how a pregnant mom, I mean, this happens, I watched Tracy do this for years. I mean, she's pregnant, no, not for years, I mean, she, she was pregnant the normal time. But man, she'll go, she will, she'll go to the super, maybe super store. she'll buy clothes, she's buying, she's, she's buying, it, the baby ain't even here yet. I'm going, how do you know what size it is? I mean, you don't even know how big this thing is, and you're buying clothes, you're getting this, you're getting that. I mean, how do you know? Because you see what she does? She has faith that what is yet inside of her is going to come forth. And because she has faith that what's inside of her is going to come forth, she's got zero problem going to the baby superstore and picking out clothes, picking out the crib, picking out the dresser, picking out all the stuff, the, you know the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff that that baby gets. She's got no problem, no problem. I mean, just no problem. Come on now, do you understand how, how we, because it's natural, you have, been, you have been so infused in the natural, because all your friends have given birth, you turn on the TLC channel and they'll show you some woman giving birth on there, I mean you can, you can get, you go to YouTube and get a birth video, I mean you can go all sorts of places and get reinforcement and confidence and assurance that what is inside of you is going to come out. So you just will go through life and you'll, just, you'll do what you need to do. But that baby's not even here yet. And yet you're fully confident and persuaded it's coming. Listen to me. You've got to transfer that into the spiritual realm. You've got to see something that God wants to do. And then you're going to have to begin to speak it and act on it and sow towards it. And be obedient in the midst of it. And people look at you and say, what are you doing that for? I don't see any outward sign because... Obviously, when you're pregnant in the spirit, it's not like you're out to hear. I mean, you just look like you always did. But you're going to have to smile and look at people and just slap your belly and go, Got me a promise in here. I'm telling you guys, this is one time we can get pregnant. I got me a promise in here. You haven't seen it yet. Gestation period's a little bit longer on this one. This one's going to blow people's minds when this one comes out. Are you hearing me? See, the reason God isn't moving is because we refuse to incubate our imagination. I'll never forget Cho. He told the story of a Japanese study. I don't, I'm, I'm assuming he would tell a, a truth. He was in front of thousands of pastors, so I would hate to think he'd lie. It could probably be found out. So I'm quite sure it's truth. He talked about a Japanese study. Scientific, mind you. This isn't, this isn't spiritual. This was scien- a scientific study. Scientists put two glasses of water. They would look at one glass of water, and they would begin to talk to it. They'd speak to it. They'd say, you're good water. Pure water. You're refreshing water. You're beautiful water. And they'd speak all sorts of wonderful, positive kind things and then they went over to this glass of water and they'd speak to it too now understand they got the water from the same place all they did differently was they just speak to it differently your foul water nasty water ugly water and i'm listening to this story and i'm thinking it that sounds this sounds stupid could you imagine a scientific study but hey hey folks i'm just telling you millions of your hard-earned tax dollars are going to studies just like this and they're just speaking to this water. He said they did this for 15 days straight. Fifteen days is all straight. They pulled water out of both of the glasses and put it under a microscope. And under a microscope, it showed that the water that they had spoken, the good things to, or the positive things to, that it was it was clear, it was pure. Everything was in order as water should go, but when they looked at the one that was spoken to negatively, that, that, that you're dirty, that you're foul, under the microscope, they could see that the particles in the water had actually changed. Is that not remarkable? Do you understand that most of the earth is covered by water, and do you realize that most of us as human beings is made up of water? Do you understand that God has created in us a force and a power out of our very own mouths? That scientifically it's been proven that if we'll learn to speak and act and function as his word says, we can literally subdue nature. Why else could Jesus say, peace be still? Just because he's Jesus? Uh Uh-uh. It's just because he identifies with us and he learned how to master the things of the spirit. And he looks at us and he says, the works that I do, you can do too. I'm just telling you, we don't get preached this. Therefore, we aren't aspiring to this. Have I stopped a storm? No. But before I die, my full intent is to get to the place where we can start pushing hurricanes back out to sea. Come on, someone needs to get there. If we don't start getting that in our imagination and in our belief system, if you walk out and go, oh, that's just hooey, well then, I'll just come see your house when the hurricane comes through. We'll see how much hooey it is then. Our future is linked to our ability to get a hold of this. we got to get this concept in our spirit. I'm going to end with this. Out in the church foyer, the reason I put up those artistic renderings of the church that we are endeavoring to be faithful as unto the Lord to build, is that you might walk by and see it. You can go to the website if you want. Just go to our website, legacycathedral.org, and you can pull up the Imagine link. And the reason it's there, it's not just to show you what could be or what's going on. Do you understand that if you just, you got to, I got to get someone else to get that in their spirit. How many of you know if any two agree on earth? As touching it, it shall be. Just get a couple, it just, it doesn't take many. But it's to get it in our spirit, to see the promise of God. So it can begin to incubate in our spirit. I understand it's going to take a lot. For us, where we're at, you know, 1.8 million dollars, that's going to, that's how I am right now. It would help if I could get a couple others. But it's got to incubate in our spirit. The imagination is the manifestation of the fourth dimension in your life. The children of Israel had to see the land together in order to see their individual promises as well come to pass. Guys, I, I just throw this up here. You guys, I, I hope I can get some folks. But here's some imagination points. And really, I'm done. after the, just I'm going to go through this. Look at In the next three to five years, why don't we... Can we not, I'm not talking about 850,000 people. But do you understand that 1499, that one person is a soul that Jesus died for. Do you understand that every single one of these people, it's not just to be big for big sake. It's big because these are people behind these numbers. And we need to start reaching people. And you got to get that in your spirit. God, you can begin to do this. God, you can raise up an army. God, you can change the whole complexion of who we are. Come on, keep going, guys. Number two. How many of you know, if Charleston has the nations coming to it, then we ought to have the nations in our church. Amen. Come on now. Multicultural, fully integrated. Hey, the altars. I'll tell you guys right now. that, that Yeah, that's what you do to your, your pants. A-L-T-A-R-S. But you got, you got it. The wells of the church. The wells of the church. Filled with worshipers. Amen. I mean, I, I, I mean you, if we're worshiping God, you've got my permission. Are you hearing me? Come on, worship God. Let's get some passion in the house. Get some passion as to what God is doing in our life. Passion towards God. Keep going, guys. I'm still believing for a hundred men, and 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 male leadership. Do you realize most of the churches in America, ladies, you do a great job and you've kept the doors of churches open for years. And ladies are just far more attuned to spiritual things at times than guys are. But guys, and I've got some great guys here, and I appreciate all the guys that I've got here. You're not going anywhere in the name of Jesus. I prophesy to you, you're planted in Jesus' name. But there's, there's a lot more men that need to arise and begin to exercise just godly rule and direction. So I'm believing a hundred guys, amen. Signs and wonders. woo woo signs and wonders well 200 youth and 200 kids would be signs and wonders too but we're just talking i mean the miracles and young people and and i just put this up here you say five million why do you need such a big budget because the the budget we can send to missions and think of the things we can do the kingdom runs with finance we're not going to apologize that for that anymore do you understand the world always is critiquing the church about money you understand why it does that because if it can keep us poor it can make sure we have no influence because it is true money sort of makes the world go round. that is true and the and the world loves to critique the church about its money and what it does with its money and 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 the reason it throws that out there is because somehow or another it thinks that we don't need any money hey truth of the matter is if we're going to get kingdom things done we're going to need a few dollars along the way and i don't apologize for that anymore Why should you apologize for that anymore? I never heard Donald Trump say he's sorry once for his billion. I've never heard Oprah say once she was sorry for her billion. Never once. I've listened to all these people in the world, and they venerate them because they have money. But, oh, you give a little money to the church, and all of a sudden everybody goes, oh, you know, what's going on here? Let me tell you, that's the devil. That's just devil sure. and and just sure as the world I'm telling you right now I'm believing God right now that some of you get some money in your pocket you need some money in your pocket you aren't even believing that for yourself your pastor is the only one for some of you that's believing God can get you resource I want God to resource you big time because if he resources you big time that means I can pull more out of you amen 500, half a million dollars, send it to the mission field. Amen. God can get it to us. Can he get it through us? Hey, guys, thanks thanks a lot. You can go ahead and turn the screen off. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me, please? Father, I pray right now. I've got to bring this to conclusion. Lord, I thank you this morning that, that I was able to look at this people a number of weeks ago, and say 200 boxes. And it got in their spirit, and here we have 221. Lord, this isn't really a great thing when you consider that millions of boxes are being collected today. But Lord, for us, it's an important thing. Because if we could not be faithful in that which is lesser, how could we be given that which is greater? And Lord, I thank you again that there was a people that, that got some things in their spirit. Instead of grabbing a, two boxes, they grabbed four. And instead of grabbing three, they grabbed seven. And, 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 and they got it in their spirit, Lord. And today, today, Lord, there's a celebration of what could take place. This is what could happen on a far greater scale. Lord, I pray for these people this morning. I pray for their individual lives right now. In fact, with every head bowed, I want to ask you right now. Come on, you need to rekindle. Some of you need to rekindle the power of imagination in your life. You have let some things go. You have let some things die. You have let some things evaporate. You have let some things escape you. And you can blame circumstances, and maybe they were tough circumstances. Or you can say you don't know all that I've gone through, a hurtful, wounding traumatic time and I, I i'm sure it was i'm not i'm not dismissing or or in any way minimizing what you faced. but this morning taking all the circumstances out of it just before god i'm telling you you got to get your imagination back you got to get your imagination back for what god can do in you as an individual your imagination back for your kingdom purpose your kingdom purpose is for more than just punching a time card and doing your time and going home. And you've got more purpose than that, but you got to get your imagination running again. You got to get your passion back again. You got to get some things clear-cut again. Some of you you've prayed and say, I want a better life. Well, what does that mean? What does a better life mean? What does an abundant life mean? You got to get a clear-cut picture here. Get the passion back. Some of you have prayed here and there, but you've not prayed till you prayed through. Some of you have a picture right now this is spiritually speaking. You pictured your family, whether it be immediate or whether your family tree, all being born again and uh, in the kingdom. You've got to start getting a passion again for that, an assurance for that. You pray. I'm not saying you don't pray. I'm just saying you haven't prayed till you prayed through. You've got to act on some things. You've got to start speaking some things. Come on now, don't give up because 24 hours from now it looks tough. Come on, don't give up because you gave it 48 hours and now what are you going to do? Come on now. Some of you are pregnant with big things, but it's going to take a while. So you've got to keep those things healthy, incubating in your spirit. Come on now, the Bible says, I've seen the righteous fall six, even seven times, but they will get back up again. I don't care how many times you've had the rug pulled out from under you, how many times you've been kicked down. I'm telling you, if if you're on the ground, just say, well, Lord, as long as I'm down, I'm just going to close my eyes for a minute and get my imagination back. And when you get that picture, it'll cause you to rise right back up to your feet. Take it from a guy. Listen, I've had to recapture a few dreams again that I shouldn't have let go. I shouldn't have let him go. And you can have every excuse in the world as to why to let them go. And everybody will shake their head and they'll say, well, I can understand that. I can understand why you'd let a dream go if that happened to you. But listen to me right now. There comes a moment. It doesn't matter what everyone else says. It doesn't matter what happened. Everybody's had a hard time, a tough time. Everybody's had an injustice and an unfairness. Everybody, everybody. And if it's yours, it's the worst. But God says, dream again imagine again rise again with every head bowed and every eye closed right now you say unto the lord this is between you and the lord right now it's unto the lord i want you to lift my lift your hand and right now before the lord say lord ignite my imagination again ignite it again lord cause it to rise up in me again the dream will rise in me again come on now i know the economy's slow for the world it doesn't have to be slow for you I know the world says certain things have to come to pass. It doesn't have to be that way for you. Come on. you got to dream again and see what could be again. Come on, ignite it again, Lord. Let passion drop in Jesus. Then get a clear-cut picture again, clear-cut. If you've got to write it down, draw it out. Cut a picture out of a magazine. Paste it on your refrigerator. A clear-cut picture. Lord, this is it. This is it. Lord, I ask you right now, as your people are before you right now, that you would sweep through this place with your breath of life and breathe on these. Breathe on these, Lord. Cause us, Lord, to not only hope, but to patiently endure. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Lord, right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the... In the, in the two minutes I've got before I say you're released if you don't know or need to get your heart right again with Jesus you can't do this, I know the world has an imagination and they do amazing things out of their imagination but listen to me if you don't know Jesus, you get the God equation put into it and you're unstoppable and right now some of you are needing to get life right with the Lord. maybe you've never said yes to him maybe, maybe you've wandered away from him let's, let's get back in right alignment today let, 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 let's take care of the sin issue and the, and, and the alienation. Let's take care of that issue. Get it under the blood and let's get, let's get back on target. And this is how we do it at Legacy. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. If you deny me before men, I, I have to deny you before the Father. So we invite people just to come in these last moments. We won't embarrass you. We'll cheer you because it's the best thing that can ever happen in people's lives. So in 30 seconds, if you need jesus to come in if you knew him and somehow you got away from what you knew you got to get things right again let's just start over this morning can we and in about 30 seconds right now i want you to slip out and say i I, I i can't do life like i've been doing it come on now one's come how about it i've got some i got some coming this direction got some coming this direction come on guys you just keep coming just keep coming Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Come on, just pray right now. Saints, God can pray. Holy Ghost, you do your stuff right now. Do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. How about just, I got about, what do I have? It's about 10 seconds. Don't wait me out. You're saying, I'm just going to wait him out. Don't do that. Come on. Just another moment or two and I'm done. I promise these last five seconds are for you how about it we done amen i want everybody right now noah you're here trace you can help and get some of my guys ahead yeah tim's over here okay just gather up around these that have come and i want everybody together i want you everyone to pray everybody's voice you folks that are down front here with me i want you to sincerely just pray this prayer And then some folks will come with you and they'll pray with you as well. But I want everyone to do this together, shall we say, in Jesus' name. Lord, I've stepped out to confess my need and to get back on track. I'm making a choice to believe today. And out of that choice, I repent from all sin and I turn towards you and I cast my sins upon your sacrifice and I receive from you your righteousness and because of that and because of my belief you were raised from the dead that I can confidently say that I'm a child of God that I can function with rights and privileges that you will restore my imagination for the future that you have for me. Thank you, Lord, that from this moment forward, life will be different. I will be distinguished because of you in my life. I'm no longer a mere person. I am now of a new class called born again, children of God. Lord, do it through me, to your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a great big hand clap before we go here? Amen. Amen. I'm going to release you, folks. You may get prayed for another time here before you're released, but let me just speak a blessing. I, I hope I see many of you in the middle of the week. Ladies, tomorrow night, guys, Tuesday night, and then School of Leaders, which everyone can come to on Wednesday night.